Um, if there's a word to use after what we just saw this afternoon, uh, frustrating. I, I don't. It's frustrating, and for all the reasons that we talked about this past week, if you win this game, you get over the hump, and you look at nine wins, and hey, maybe this team has grown defensively. Let's see how they face against a really good rushing attack. And offensively, if you look at the final stats, you say, oh, you had more total yards than Baylor. You had just under 500 yards. Pretty good offensive day, but missed opportunity after missed opportunity. OU loses today by a field goal at home, and... Now, Travis, you're kind of in this weird spot of taking a step back and saying, okay, well, what are you as a team? Like, you've seen this team now for nine games. What are they? They're not great defensively. They're good offensively, but they're an offense at the same time, too, that just doesn't fully take advantage of all the opportunities that they're given. Today was just really frustrating. Yeah, they're, they're a team that can't get a stop when they need yeah, it. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's really what the issue is, right? Can't get a stop when you need it. There were multiple times that – one stop. All they needed to do was reach down deep and get a stop. And whether it was bad run fits, whether it was missed tackles, I mean, I don't even want to see the advanced numbers on how many missed tackles we had today. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the defense had some some bright spots. Obviously the interception by Billy Bowman. Um, some other just, just big-time plays. You know, you have a big-time play wiped out by a penalty. You know, just when you look at the overall stat line, Tyler, it gets pretty frustrating. More first downs, better on third down. We were great on third down. Yeah. 10 of 15. I mean, rushing. I mean, be- better nearly everywhere except turnover. That's that's what lost us this game. Three turnovers. It's a stat of the game. Yeah, three turnovers end up being the, being the difference. You know, and, and the defense is going to take probably the brunt of the blame today. And I, I'm not going to tell you that they were great today. But at the same time, whatever you're going to shell out today defensively, and I'm talking to the callers, you got to give some to the offense as well. Right. Because the offense put that defense in incredibly difficult situations in the first half because of those three turnovers. And, again, I'm not making excuses for the defense. They had chances <laughs> to get off the field on third and fourth downs, and still they weren't able to. It, you know, in a way, it was like the Kansas State game where, all right, you haven't played well, but here's your chance. Right. If you can get a stop on this third down, on this fourth down, you're going to get the ball back and a chance to either tie this game or take the lead. And all day today, man, when they had a fourth and seven early in the game, you couldn't get off the field when it matters. I mean, they, they went so for it on fourth down at their own 29. Yeah. And you got you got to make that stop. I mean, it's it, – it's, insulting that they're just so comfortable going forward on fourth down. They were three for three on fourth down. We never stopped them. You know, that's a good point because they're a team that likes to go forward on fourth down. We talked about it all week and the numbers show that. But the fact that they went forward on fourth down against you on your home field at their own 29-yard line says a lot about what they think about you. Yeah. And and definitely says a lot about the way that you had played up to that point because – Baylor doesn't get that. OU wins a football game, man, well, on and short it's, field. And the problem is it's not about you say it shows you what they think about you. It shows you what they know about you. Yeah. You can't stop the run. You can't. What did we What did we say all week, Tyler? Run the ball, stop the run. It's really going to be that easy against Baylor. They're not going to beat you through the air. And, and they didn't. They beat you on the ground. I mean, you give up. You give up 281 yards rushing. I mean, that is. Oh. That is extreme. Already the last ranked 
rush defense in the Big 12, and a game like this is not going to help you. All week we talked about Reese really being, you know, leader in Big 12, rushing touchdowns, all this. He wasn't even a factor, and yeah. they still tore you to pieces. It didn't matter which running back they had in there today. No, um, no. They were consistently running the ball against you, and especially in the second half, man. The second half, you just felt like that opening drive of the third quarter was incredibly frustrating. You let up a big play. I think the first play of the third quarter, it's just, you know, I had the feeling during the Kansas State game, even though the game was close in the second half, I never really thought that or felt that OU was going to win the game because of their inability to get off the field defensively. Right. And I had that same feeling today. You know, even when the, the offense would hit on a big play to Marvin Mims and they get back within three points, I still had the sinking feeling of when it comes down to it, I don't feel like this defense is going to make the plays necessary. And they did that last week. They did. The, the last three possessions, they had two turnovers and a time of possession. But that was right. against the worst offense in the conference, right? right? They faced a much better offense today, and we saw a defense that just flat out wasn't good enough when it mattered. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, it's kind of like basketball. They talk about needing a guy that can just go get you a bucket. You need a guy that can just go make a play. And for whatever reason, the OU defense just doesn't have that right now. Doesn't, whether it's, whether the coaches aren't putting them in the right positions. I, I actually thought they were in the right positions a lot of times, but they just missed tackle after missed tackle after missed yeah. tackle. I mean, one run I specifically remember out to the left, four missed tackles down by the goal line. I mean, these are guys with both arms on you. So, I mean, it's, you know, you hate, you hate to just say it comes down to, making tackles, but sometimes it's just that simple, Tyler. Yeah, and, and, and even, you know, when you were able to stuff them at the line of scrimmage or around the line of scrimmage, there were so many times today, and especially in the second half, where they're falling forward and getting an extra yard, an extra yard and a half. And there's a massive difference between a second and ten and a second and seven, you know, and I, and I felt like those second and tens were turning into second and eight, second and sevens. It's just... You know, that was not the most embarrassing loss they've had this year. Far from it. TCU was way more embarrassing. Texas was way more embarrassing. Kansas State was way more embarrassing. But I feel like, and maybe this is living in the moment, this is the loss that's going to sting the most. Just because of, man, you shot yourself in the foot so many times offensively in the first half. You should have rolled into halftime up 10 points at least. Yeah, I remember you and I looked looked at the team stats at halftime. And it was, I mean, it was egregious. But we had 334 total yards. Uh, I think they had somewhere around 180. I mean, you're nearly doubling them up in yards. You've got, you know, first down numbers are looking good, all that. But those turnovers. So you think, you think, okay, we turned the ball over three times. It's still close at halftime. And then you go into the second half and you're not really turning the ball over. You expect to to capitalize and, and, and get back yeah. into the game and take the lead and run away with it. Not necessarily run away with it, but at least hold it. But just couldn't get a stop. And, and man, um, I would have loved to see some more creative things uh, in the run game specifically. Yeah, I mean, you had a third and four late in the game that you just basically had a simple handoff play, and it goes for nothing, and then you punt it away to them, and they go down and score a touchdown. Yeah. Okay, yep. You're going to lose a lot of games. You got, you got to, I mean, it's hindsight. I understand. You got to throw the ball in that spot, you know. And I, you know, again, hindsight probably should have been two down territory, but right. I, I, I feel like you really probably you lost the game today offensively in the first half with those three turnovers, and right. 
the play that won't immediately be brought up but should? How about right before the half when you had a makeable field goal, but you get a 15-yard penalty, backs you up to 55 yards, you miss it. Zach Schmidt probably makes it if you yeah. don't get that penalty. There's three points. There's your tied football game. But Yeah, I mean, it's – I tell you what, you know what's funny, Tyler, we've, we've talked about this. Close games, you know, are – are almost more agonizing because you sit here like this and you say, was it the penalty that lost it for us? Was it that fourth and one that we gave up in, on on their own 29 that lost it for us? You know what we were saying after TCU? Well, well we might stick. Yeah. Texas, we might stick. And that's what frustrates you is you can point to specific plays and say, this game goes differently if this ball bounces the other way. The first two picks are tip drills. I mean, the ball literally bounced the wrong way. That's the that's the definition of a tip throw. Bounced the wrong way and uh, and right into Baylor's hands. And got to give it up to him for be, for making plays. Yeah, Baylor's defense made plays, and we just can't. Frustrating loss today. We'll talk about it for the next two hours. 405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. We are live from Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. More to come next. Keep it locked on the ref. Home Creation Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. We're at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson, Sooners lose it today over Baylor. You got opinions. I know you got opinions because we got opinions. Um, some quick things before we get to Chris. I don't know why on the fourth and one early in the game you run the Wildcat with Marcus Major. I love the Wildcat in that spot. I would much rather you run it with Eric Gray. I would much rather you run it with Braden Willis. Um, I just I don't love Marcus Major in that spot. He really hadn't played to a level up to that point that demanded that he gets the ball in that in that scenario. Right. Marcus Major, you know, the last couple games, I don't think he's been right since that injury. Really hasn't looked the same that he looked to start the season. Um, early in the season, running with a lot of power. Uh, showed some moves uh, on the perimeter, but it's just – Eric Gray has separated himself as RB1. You have to put the ball in the hands of your best players in your biggest moments. And, yeah, I give the ball to Eric Gray in that scenario and 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 just run him and then at least know that yeah. you gave your best. Today's just such a tough loss because you're starting to feel good about this team and about this program and the direction of things. And I, I don't know. This is just a setback that you got out physical today by a team like Baylor. You got out tough. Um, you didn't come through on some critical third and fourth downs. This is just one that you got to sit back and evaluate and say, I don't know, where, where do you go from here? This is um, this is one that you're going to stew on for quite some time. But enough of us. We'll get to the callers. Again, 405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. Let's go to Chris. Chris, you're on the postgame show. What's up? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? I've uh, been better, Chris. Man, this this play calling is atrocious. I mean, this play calling is atrocious. I mean, why are we running these people? You get on the wide receiver line, you run to the quarterback, you come back, you swirl around and go to the side. Why don't you just run the damn ball? Run the damn ball. I mean, this play calling is atrocious. And like you said, who runs a who runs a wildcat on fourth and one? I mean, come on, man. Look, we we. Just run the damn ball. That's all you got to do. Run the damn ball. This is, I'm sick of all this. I mean, I'm really sick of all this. I understand this venerable first year and all that kind of stuff. I respect that. But I can't respect that play call because I, I, 
I'm not with that. I mean, this dude. Yeah. This, this, and this and the point, Chris, of what you're making is fair. You, you you shouldn't have to run the Wildcat in that spot. You shouldn't have to. Now, it's worked out well for this team. I, I'm more upset about who ran the Wildcat. Like, go go, Braden Willis right there. Go Eric Gray right there. That Has Major run the Wildcat this year? Javante Barnes has run the Wildcat more than Marcus Major had at that point. You knew that stops were going to be at a premium for your defense. You've got to take full advantage of that scenario, and they didn't. So, I, hey, Chris, I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I thought Jeff Levy made some questionable calls today. I mean, even with not even only that. I mean, because why is it that we have to take so long to run the quarterback, even the passes? There were three passes that Dylan Gabriel uh, approved. Three people were not on the same page as him. Coming from? Where is that yeah. coming from? Yeah. That, that, I, that's I, I no excuse. It, it, I mean, it's three, three I passes. I mean, hey, I, and he didn't have his best know. day. I, I think we can all agree with that, right? At times, he, he, he delivered some good balls down the field, but he sailed several throws today. Um, he got a couple of those tipped at the line of scrimmage, whoever you want to place the blame on, whatever. But that was not the guy that we have seen the past couple of weeks that's done a good job taking care of the ball. And I don't know what happened. I have a theory. My theory is that Baylor's defensive line was caving in your offensive line, and his footwork was thrown off quite a bit by that. But I think we saw today, guys, Gabriel's a good quarterback when the pocket's clean and everything's perfect. But if the pocket's moving in on him, he, he really struggles throwing the ball consistently. Well, and my thing is, okay, in the first half, we had, I mean, we were on pace to put up nearly 700 yards again, like we did against Kansas. And we were scoring, we were moving the ball, but the problem was we couldn't we couldn't stop turning the ball over. And that's what's so maddening is, I mean, if, if you have, if you don't have those turnovers, you're looking at, I don't know, 400 yards offense in the first half, Tyler? Yeah. I mean, at that point, I can't say anything about the play calling. If you were resulting in getting... With three turnovers still getting 300-plus yards and a half, then whatever you're doing working, at some point the guy's got to execute the plays. You're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. But to your point, it took for them to go back to the run to get the set up the pass. It took them to go back to the run, and that's my thing. When they didn't start off with the run, they were struggling. Even with Not even with that. When Braden Willis was right there in the end zone again, Dylan Gabriel over uh, overthrew the man's pass. That was a clear touchdown, clearly. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I, I'm just a Sooner fan that's that's just a diehard fan that's just that loves my Oklahoma Sooners. I'm tired of the mediocrity. I'm tired of it. I, and of course, I, hey, I'm I, with you, man. Like I'm you with said, you, man. New I mean, we, we no. <laughs> I, hey, I, Chris, I, mean, I, I think everyone's th- yeah. It, 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 it's just tiring to see the same thing over again, isn't it? It's tiring to get someone in a third and long, get someone in a third and long, and you say to yourself, well, I don't know if I have that much confidence that they're going to get off the field. For it to be a fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and seven, and at the back of your mind knowing that they're going to get the first down. Dude, hey, 100%, man. Like it, It is frustrating because it's the same damn thing every single week, and I don't know when it's going to get fixed, man. It, yeah, it's frustrating. I agree. I, I'm going to say this one thing, and I'm going to let you go and listen. I don't agree right. with letting. I'm gonna let this. I'm gonna say this. I disagree with letting Dylan let, let Dylan Gibral become the starter day one. I, I I disagree with that from the day one. That should have been an open competition. I don't care how much you know Jeff Levy's offense. I think you should give everybody a chance. But you know he's our quarterback. 
or whatever the case may be. Personally, I, he, he's average to me. He's, he's good. He's average. That's it. But, hey, that's my opinion. Yeah. All right, fellas, thanks a lot. I'll listen. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. 405-329-9000. The thing with Dylan, in, and I don't think Dylan's a bad quarterback, but it's very hot and cold with him, it feels like. And the hot could be 80 to 85% of the game, and when it's hot, it's really good. But the cold is cold, man. And the cold, he's he's overthrowing wide receivers by a wide margin like he did today. It's the three interceptions in the first half. It's just, it just was very hot and cold today by this offense, and I think that that's kind of what he looked like today at QB. Yeah, well, part of the problem is, and we talked about this earlier in the year, Dylan was taking a lot of blame uh, for games being close, this, that, and the other. This game came to, didn't come down to Dylan Gabriel. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, the, the tipped passes that got picked, that's going to happen. What this came down to is your defense couldn't get off the damn field. You give up all three of the fourth down attempts. Baylor was three for three, including one at their own 29-yard line. Yeah. If the defense just stops somebody, just stops somebody. But the problem is Dylan's in the spotlight. He's the starting quarterback. He's the easiest to take blame. I don't, I don't put today's game squarely on Dylan Gabriel. You can't give up that many points to Blake Shapin. You can't give can't. up. You can't give up. You know, over 200 rushing yards. You can't have more, like 60 more total yards than them and, and lose the game today. More and first downs, better three. on third down, more yards. Every, uh, nearly every stat is in your favor, and the problem is that defense. When you need a stop, you can't count on them to get it. The really frustrating thing. I mean, there's several frustrating things from the day, but the frustrating thing is clearly Baylor thought coming into this game. We're going to be the more physical team, guys. Yes. Like that, that, whatever they thought that else for a happens, decade. Or they thought that since Aranda got here. Whatever else happens, we're going to be the more physical team. The frustrating thing is they had that much confidence in that coming in, and they were not proven wrong whatsoever at any point. And, in fact, that late fourth down at their own 29-yard line that's in a one-possession game, it's that offensive, That is a man. slap in the face. And there's nothing you could do about it. 405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. Yo, Pablo on Campus Corner. We're here for another 90 minutes. Get your calls in. More to come next right here on The Ref. Home Creation Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show live from Yo, Pablo on Campus Corner. Sooners drop their second home game of the year, 38-35 to Baylor. You sit at five wins now. What are you, five and four on the year now? Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think that they're going to pick up their sixth win. Obviously, I'm a lot more nervous about that today than I was before the game today, but um, that, that's not real, the real story. The story isn't if they win six games or not. The story is is that you had a chance today to right some of the wrongs that we saw in the month of October today, and this really was a great opportunity for to, to help change the narrative on this season and what the defense has been, and you didn't do that. I, I, I think you're kind of back to where you were now, Maybe even coming out of the Texas game saying, I just don't know what you do well defensively. And I don't know what this team does well defensively. Yeah, uh, it, really not much. Although, this is going to sound crazy. I know, you know, Colton had the um, had the uh, pass interference down there in the end zone. But we've at least, I think, improved in getting our head turned around. We're seeing that a little more than we did early in the season. And that is me going with, you know, a fine-tooth comb to find something that we might have improved on. That's the issue. But the real issue is you shouldn't need to score 40 points to beat yeah. Blake Shapin. You, you simply shouldn't. And, and that's, yeah, and 
you know, and that's but that's where you're at now, right? Right, you right. Know? And 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 to the Dylan point, you would think, and hopefully moving forward, it is the case. But you would think that with a Venables defense, that you don't need Kyler Murray back there. You don't need a number one overall pick back there. Luckily, we got Jackson Arnold on the way, and yeah, that kid's pretty good. So, um, you know, in the future, obviously you've got you've got some horses on uh, you know in that, in that room. But at the same time, like I said, if you know when when Brent Venables was coming to coach here, I don't think anybody was like, okay, cool, we'll get Dylan, and you know we'll you know we'll be guaranteed to score over forty a game because we'll have to because our defense will give up 35, 38. You know, whatever. Like, it's just not sustainable. Yeah. If there's any good that comes out of today, and I think that we already knew it, um, you know what you have to accomplish in the next year's time. Yeah. You've got to get better in the front You've seven. Got to get tougher, bigger, stronger. I mean, it's just as simple as that. I mean, you've got to get more physical. That's the blueprint that you want. Now, two weeks in a row, we've seen two teams that have quote unquote less talent on defense. But they're tougher than you. They're more sound than you, and 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 as a result, they have far better defenses than you. Yeah. So there's no excuse with the talent that we have on the defense compared to the last two teams we played. They should look in the mirror or look at those teams and the tape and say we need to play like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, and it was before today, but OSU is a you cannot lose the Oklahoma State. Absolutely game. cannot you, lose it. I, look, it, it, and this is a bad feeling now. And a lot of people have a lot of negative thoughts about the current state of the program. And, you know, some may be questioning the direction of things. I mean, all, whatever. Whatever you feel in this moment, it would be way worse if you lose to an Oklahoma State team that's beat up and may not have their starting quarterback when you come here. You can't. You, you bet. That is a must win of must win. You better beat Oklahoma State at home. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, you have to. It's, it, it's, uh, it, it's non-negotiable. But, again, the, the tipped interceptions – Everything. I'm excited to get to some callers. I don't know if we've got more uh, um, that are that are on the line, but um, if you're in Norman, stop by uh, Yo Pablo. Say hi to us uh, here with our post game show. We're here after every home game, um, but yeah, I mean, Mims had the big touchdown, and I thought to myself, oh, here we go. Oh yeah, here he's going to go off for two or three touchdowns, big catch after big catch, and. It just, just wasn't the case, man. Yeah, all right, let's get back to the phone lines. We got Sean from Louisiana. Sean, you're on the post-game show. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Todd? Um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, 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 we just are who we are, I guess, this yep. season. Yep. Don't get me wrong, I. I wanted to shock the world at the beginning of the season, even though I knew that it was going to be a tough year, you know, the way the defense was, the mentality. But I was hoping that getting BV in and the mentality change and kind of excitement and fusion that he'd be able to, and it looked like it for the first three games against Pup, Cupcakes, obviously. And then everything went to you-know-what. And it stayed that way. And what I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly at a loss for words beyond realizing that, you know what, we're just not that good. And don't get me wrong, offensively, we're, we're okay. Now, the offensive line, their pass blocking is not the greatest. Uh, 
when they decide they want to really buckle down and run the ball, it seems as though they can open slightly big enough holes for us to be able to do something. But that defensive line that is currently constructed for our Oklahoma Sooners, I don't even know if they know what they're doing. I don't it's not even it's not like even it's close to being good enough. It, it, it's mid to lower level. It's lower level in this conference, and that's that's not okay. They, it's obvious where they got get got to get better. And Sean, um, you can't have another year like this in year two. You better address no. this in the portal. You better get a guy like guys. They better get David Hicks. Is what that that's what has to happen. They better get David Hicks. That's what I'll say. I don't. That I better just happen. don't understand how we cannot get. I mean, look at least they'll make an offensive line that is, quote-unquote, probably, you know, not as talented ultimately as you are. Instead, all we are getting is getting pushed back. We have players not setting the edge. We have individuals running around instead of staying in their it, – it, it, and look, I don't blame Brent Venables at all for this because I guarantee you the way that those guys are playing out on the field is not in any way – what I believe Brent Medical coaches. There is no way. And so I don't understand whether they're just out there thinking, well, I'm not really – and I get it because it's, it's, it's quote-unquote so state complicated. And it might kind of take a year or two to kind of figure it out or whatever this and that. But it seems as though some of the most basic things that you should be able to that, – that you should have been doing since high school should not be getting – you know, get coached out of you just because oh, – I mean, I don't like – they should be I'm, fundamentally I'm, better. So, they should be at least so, fundamentally it, better, right? It's so frustrating that we've gone from the days of know. knowing that a team, if they get a third and three, third and four, five, okay, hey, the person's about to get, get like, what, like, I, I, it's, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's infuriating, but at the same token, I have, I have tempered, I have beyond tempered my expectations for this season. Honestly, even if you win six games, I, I feel like it would be an absolute probably slap in the face to even accept the bowl bid. Man, if you're bowl eligible, whatever, do what you got to do. But I do. I cannot wait for Jackson. And look, with Dylan, I, I, he, he's I, he's a good guy. He had the retreat before the season. They got with that. I, I, but he is not an Oklahoma quality. I cannot wait for Jackson Arnold. Come to Oklahoma. Yeah, they, they've got to upgrade at pretty much every single position. Every, every position. Most positions every they've got to upgrade right now. Year, no doubt. There, there, there is no longer, okay, well, let's have a chance. So, therefore, you know, we'll just put him in because he's done enough things right now. I want the freshmen to come in and actually take everybody's job. You know what I'm saying? That whole mentality of, oh, my yeah. God, we're going to lose the game. We're to be gone because that right now, the, the, mental, the mentality of this the defensive players, it's completely, it, it's gone. And I, I yeah. think that somehow the way we can win the rest of our game, and if not next year, when there's an opportunity for the Frosh to come in, that they will saturate and soak in what they need to know on the most basic of levels for us to be able to just not. Yeah, hey, no doubt. Hey, like hey, good this. talking to you, Sean. Right, good man, talking to you, man. Four zero five three two nine nine thousand. If you want to hop in, and yeah, I, they they just need they need talent upgrade. They need an upgrade at a lot of things now. So it slapped you in the face this year. One, you got it. I don't know. The, pro- I, the problem is Tyler. 
I don't know how many times they gashed us on the left side because that edge was not held. Um, I mean, that's simple stuff. Like you talked about it, and you mean on that call, it's not like it comes down to fundamental stuff. Like that's fundamental. I mean, how many times you hear it in you know Pop Warner, set the edge, just you know maintain, contain, contain. You hear about it all the time, and you got guys just running free out to the left side, people going untouched. You know, nobody's home on that side. And that's the thing. It's I can't imagine that the coaches are coaching that. I can't imagine that that's what they're wanting, right? So at a certain time, like, the players have to execute. Like, Danny Stetsman's going to have to start turning into a dude. Um, yeah. Uh, guys across the defensive line are going to have to start. I mean, yeah. And some of those guys, they are what they are, and you're not going to win. And you've seen R. Mason Thomas flash. You've seen Grayson Halton flash. I mean, those are freshmen. Like, you're going to have to get the young dudes in there for sure. And it's, you know, you, you need size along that line. And you just you just need them to take it personally that, that teams like Baylor go, yeah, we're going to go ahead and pick up this yard, you know, no matter what. 405-329-9000. Jason, I see you. We'll get to you coming up next. It is the Home Creations Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live on the ref. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner fans. Uh, first of all, I thought in no way, shape, or form uh, is this game on our offense. I thought they scored enough points to win this ball game. definitely. I thought the O-line played pretty well, especially uh, there in the second half. We had that one really long drive that was really heavy on the run. Uh, running to the left side behind uh, Harrison and and uh, I don't know who the guard was, but um, I thought they played really well. Um, I think Downs and Grimes, in my opinion, have been a little disappointing this year. After the first three games, I thought they were going to be a, a real strength to this defense, but they just haven't been able to get off blocks, haven't been able to put yep. pressure on the quarterback. And, uh, you know, third, my, my final point is, I thought Ted Roof was a really strange hire. Just uh, whenever, whenever he was hired by Venables and this staff, he doesn't really seem to fit that that mold of a, a younger coach, a go-getter, a big recruiter, an energetic guy. And you think we could see a change with him after one season? Yeah, Jason, I, I definitely think there's a potential for that because I don't think anyone thought that Ted Roof was ever going to be the longtime defensive coordinator. It felt Travis like. Okay, he's the defensive coordinator now, and he may be for a couple of years after, depending on the success. But if anyone were to be gone at the end of this year, um, yeah, I think Ted Roof is probably at the top of the list. Yeah, and it, I think it was very much a, hey, you know what? He knows the defense. We call the defense. It's Brent's first time as the head man, so he's going to have a bunch of things that he's going to have to get used to. So he needs a guy that he doesn't necessarily have to hold his hand and teach him how to be – you know, a defensive coordinator, but I go back to this, Tyler. I don't think I don't think Ted Roof was dialing up. Uh, you know, the defensive end completely losing contain. I don't think he was dialing up missed tackles. I don't think he was dialing any of that up. And, and I think when it comes to the defense today, I don't think it was that Ted Roof. Ted Roof just played called a poor game. I thought the players just played very poorly and got out muscled for the entire game. Yeah, and and outsmarted maybe for the entire game. You saw guys just taking bad angles, just just kids not playing well. So, again, I I put it more on the actual players than I do. You know, I know coaches have to get the players in position, but 
at a certain and, and this is Brent Venable's defense. Like, let's right. not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I still don't think that Ted Roof's your long-term answer there. And if it goes really bad the rest of the way, we'll see what happens. But this is still Brent Venable's defense, no matter who has the defensive coordinator title. So, yeah. All right. Good stuff, Appreciate you. Guys. Appreciate you. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah, appreciate yeah, it. and I appreciate, like you said, I don't put this on the offense. 35 points should be able to beat Baylor. It should. Should, and, you know, I have no way of proving this, but I feel like if the defense just gets a stop late, that offense is going to go down and at least tie the game, yeah, if not stop. go down and uh, and take the lead. But still, those three turnovers are really, really frustrating. And I, I tell you, the most frustrating play of the day for me, well, there's a lot. It's probably that, that penalty that didn't knock you out of field goal range because you still tried a 55-yarder. But I think Zach Schmidt nails that field goal right before half, and, well, there's your three points. And I know it doesn't always work like that to say the game automatically goes into overtime because there's different scenarios if you add three points. But there's three points that was taken off the board because of a – and you had two penalties on that play too, which is frustrating. Not just one, you had two. By, a by ten the yarder same and a fifteen. Player. Yeah, ten yarder. By the same player. Fifteen yarder. And, and and that one, and then like I said, ripping off the offensive lineman's helmet right when Aguebu gets down by the goal line and and gets that maybe the best play of his year. Yeah. He gets up, makes the play. They're gonna have like a third and thirteen in the red zone, and you got a chance to hold them to a field goal instead. Boom, half the distance of the goal, they score a touchdown there. Back to the phone lines we go. Brian, you're on the postgame show. What's going on? Hey, gentlemen. Um, look, I, let's cut to the chase here. Um, it, it's going to be a long next few years because um, we're going to get laughed out of the Big 12. You realize this? We're going to get laughed out. We're going to go on a three-game losing streak to probably Oklahoma State and Baylor and not even really be that competitive in, in those games, in a couple of those games anyway. You don't think they can because, beat LSU after what they look like today? They look pretty no, bad. Because, no, they did, but they don't underestimate Oklahoma ability to be that bad too. Um, <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. You know, uh, uh, you know it, it gets down to what, what you've been talking about, the inopportune bad plays at the wrong time. That you want to talk about what Oklahoma's good at? That's what they're good at: the wrong plays at the wrong time. You know, whether it would be a penalty here, a grabbing in the face mask there, you know, of tearing a helmet off here, or whatever it may be, jumping off sides, just uh, hitting the wrong gaps, missing the run fits. Um, or just not getting And when the they have the momentum, Brian, when they have the momentum, it's like you feel like they've got someone down and a chance to take a hold of the game. They shoot themselves in the foot. They don't have a finishing move. And as quickly as they got the momentum, it kind of they give it right back to them. Yeah, man. I mean, all they, that. They, they, they do. And, and, and we could all look, okay, we've got all this young talent coming in. Well, we can't get the, the talent. Who we got a bunch of four stars. Make no mistake on that offense and the, and the defense. You know, your Ethan Downs, four-star. Reggie Grimes, four-star. You know, um, uh, we've got stars on that defense uh, as far as recruiting value goes. But not getting them to play smartly. And what makes you think it's going to get any better next year? You know? Well, I I mean, I know. It it, it better, though. I mean, we all know that, right? And if you don't make – if we're talking, Brian, if you and I a year from now are talking about the exact same things, 
a, from a year from now, there, there's big there's big issues. All right, you no, better solve no. them in the next nine to ten months time. You you know where you've no. got to get better. It's obvious to everyone, and you hired a defensive guy to do it. Right, got to do it. It's time. Yeah, and, and one, one more quick thing. I know you got other callers. I see plenty of other six three, six four, six five, three hundred twenty pounders that are three stars playing for Kentucky. You know, and other SEC teams. Why can't Oklahoma find them? You know, we don't have to go for the data yeah. Hicks. If they don't want to come to Oklahoma, why? Let's go after all the not one, not two, not three, but four or five each class. Bring them in. We need them in numbers. Yeah. Yeah. We have yeah, to get I mean, solidified. All right. I mean, don't get me wrong. We absolutely are. A better football team with David Hicks on our defensive line. Let's, and but I do get your point. To your point, R. Mason Thomas may be your best pass rusher. He's a freshman three star. Yep. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that proves the point. I mean, he's a freshman case. three star. So you know, Brian, who did you just use as an example? Kentucky. Like, how about Baylor? Jalen Petrie last year, who got drafted in the yeah, second round. Exactly. He was a dude. I think he was like a two or three star. Siaki Ika. I don't remember what he was. I don't think he was a four or five star. So. Like the team you just played is the shining example of finding three-star guys, and they just develop like crazy. And your question, yeah, yeah why can't OU develop what, like what, that? What, what was Doyle? What was Doyle? Oh, Doyle rules today, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Odell, Wish he would have slipped on a banana peel. I, I bet he would, yeah, yeah. I bet he was a two-star. So uh, bring them in. Don't worry about it because you're not always going to get the four or five stars over Alabama, Clemson. And, uh, you know, Ohio State and the world. You just worry about getting the guys in. You think you can coach them up. But get them in in numbers, not one or two. Get them in in droves. With that whole yeah. defensive line needs to be replaced. Or at least have guys that are capable of, of playing a lot next year. So shove them one out. Of the, you know, it, one of the reasons I'm optimistic, and I appreciate the call and I appreciate the points. You're making the good ones. One of the reasons I'm, I guess I'm optimistic and I don't think that it's going to be bad for three years or anything like that is because Venables has a track record and Todd Bates has a track record of developing defensive linemen. You can look at Clemson, you can look at Oklahoma, look at all the guys that they've coached up and gotten drafted and all this. And to your point, a lot of them weren't five stars, right? A lot of them weren't five stars, but they coached them, developed them, and I, but they, they had time to do it. And that's one of the things that, at Clemson, when Venables got there, it wasn't a situation where they were, you know, they're still not a blue blood. Like, it, the pressure right. just I, is I not the that. same. No, so I, I just trust, my I just point, trust the my long point game. Is, yeah, my, my point is, Travis, you make a good point. But I'd rather have the 6'3", 330-pounder in if you want to plug Log up the middle. Oh, I agree. Well, that's like we went got Alton Tarber. Like Alton Tarber is 330 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Let's not develop the 285-pounder or just put him outside if he's athletic enough. Otherwise, let's not waste our time. Let's just move forward because you're going to the SEC. And let me tell you, brother, it ain't going to get any friendlier, okay? No, it's not. No, it's not. Hey, good stuff, man. Good Good to hear from you. Thanks. All right, appreciate it. All right, Derek, I, I, Derek, I see you. We'll, we'll get you on uh, coming up on the next segment. we got the final hour of the Home Creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show coming up next. We are live from Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. 
A lot of long faces today, a lot of alcohol being consumed. Uh, trying to forget that one, but I don't think anyone's going to forget that loss over Baylor today because that was a swing game for this season, and uh, you're not able to win it, unfortunately. Again, 405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. Final hour coming up next right here on The Ref. Hour of our post-game coverage, Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. We are live at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. It is the Home Creations Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. Let's go straight to the phone lines. We got Derek. Derek, you're on the post-game show. What's going on? Hey, fellas, how's it going? Trav, Kill Bill here. Kind uh, of want to get y'all thoughts on. Uh, when, when, it, when is it time to get the younger guys some looks, man? I mean, like, you know, the Gentries, the RSJs, the Jake Gibson. Canick played a lot today. Canick played quite a yeah, bit, Travis. Did. and Thomas, Grayson Halton, Canick. Um, I mean, you saw, you saw a lot of them out there. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's just, just I guess, not. I guess you're right. I, mean, I totally agree. I, I've, been a, I've been a believer in the, in the youth movement, don't get me wrong, but – you know, Jaden Gibson's been out there, and he's had some big drops. He hasn't yep. made the most of his opportunities. Nick Anderson's got a tweaked hammy again. And then you've got, again, you see Canick played a ton. You know, R. Mason Thomas, Grayson Halton. Barnes has been when he's been you know, healthy. Barnes gets a ton of playing time. Like, we're playing young guys, but it's just either uh, some of them can't stay healthy or they're just not an, maybe not an upgrade. A lot of the players may have flashes. But it's just these mental lapses that, I mean, you can't, you know, right. what do you, you, you trade the good for the bad half the time. And, and I'm, yeah. but again, I do believe in getting the young guys in. I hope we see more of it down the stretch. Yeah, and a couple more things real quick. I would just think, uh, I just want to say, you know, our fan base is coming down, freaking out about recruiting and stuff, man. And as far as that goes, I feel like, hey, as long as Texas and A&M keep losing, we're, <laughs> we're going to be all right. Yeah, it'd be nice if you could win, though, Derek, you know, and start yeah, to show think, some better think, defense. But I, 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 I guess I the pitch we'll to D.J. Hicks is you will play day one. Right, right. Not, sure. not only we'll will you play day one. Next week. And like y'all said, if we can't beat Oklahoma State, man, we're in trouble. Yep. Yeah, especially if, if Spencer Sanders doesn't play. It doesn't it, it doesn't look like they're much better than Davis Bevel without their starting quarterback, which is weird. When you don't have your starting quarterback, you uh, you tend to lose. I guess not if you're Kansas, you though. you think because Arnold has the potential old, old Jason, to, to start next year? I personally don't. I, I, I mean, it does help that he runs an offense at Denton Geyer that's very similar and very fast-paced to what Levy runs here. Uh, but keep in mind, when Dylan has been – healthy like this is when it, when you look at total offense this is a top 10 offense in the country it was top five going into this right. game so yeah like i know a lot of it gets blamed on levy and on dylan and all this but look you had two pinball interceptions you had one really bad one but two pinball interceptions one goes off a guy's shoulder pad right to a defender and the other one Braden willis tips to a defender and and it's i mean and Braden or and he still did enough that to yeah. win that game, you had 500 yards. I think it's fair to be critical about the offense today, but in terms of like the overall picture, the offense is not the issue, right? No, Defensively, that's where the issue is. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know Baylor's going to run the ball. You know what play they're running, and you can't – I mean, we cannot get a stop. It's embarrassing. 
eats and downs in them. I, I love the guys. I, I had a lot of hope for them at the beginning of the year, man. But has he even had a sack this year? Uh, yeah, I think he has. He basically body slammed someone in the Nebraska game. But in terms of, like, big plays, I mean, yeah, it, it's fair to criticize him, man. Now, he is a young player. He's, what, a true sophomore? And so he hasn't played a ton of football. But, yeah, with with he, with Stutzman, with a lot of these guys, i got to start seeing growth, man. Yeah, they're you know? first-year starters. And they're first-year starters, and it's it, I think part of it is we've, we've, we've been excited about them. So I think sometimes, like we see this with Jaron Canick, sometimes our excitement we expect to turn into, okay, they're all Americans all of a sudden. I mean, and, and that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's, uh, it is what it is. They're young guys, and I expect them to get better. They're on, they had to learn a whole new defense as their first year as starters. Well, I appreciate you guys letting me in. Trav, yeah. as always, I enjoy it, man. Y'all have a good one. Boomer Sooner. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it, Derek. 405-329-9000 if uh, you want to slide in here. OU loses it today. And, uh, yeah, this next week is there's going to be a whole lot of people just upset about this football game, kind of wondering what the future holds for this year's team. And I don't know. It, now you cannot win double-digit games. Your opportunity to win double-digit games is completely out the window now. You're not going to be playing in a great bowl game. There was a slight slimmer of hope going into today, and it disappeared once you gave up the third down late in the game, which, you know, Baylor could have won this game by 10 points today. It doesn't really matter whether they win the game by 10 points or 3 points, but they took a knee, could have won this game by double digits. They were the better football team today. They were the more physical team, and you knew that they were a physical team going in, you knew that they were going to try to out-physical you, and you just didn't, you didn't have an answer for it today, man, and um, like we said, to start things off, the word of the day is just disappointing, and I think that's what a lot, a lot of fans are right now, is just really disappointed at that effort, because you thought you had made some strides the past couple of weeks, and maybe you have, maybe you've made a little, maybe you've made some small strides, but it didn't show up today against a team like Baylor. So, 405-329-9000, if you want to hop in. But basically saying just that crap, Travis, because uh, Derek dropped yeah. off. Is, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's one of those. Baylor, we've everybody everybody knows what Baylor's going to try and do to you, and you just let them impose their will on you. And like I said, the defense had some flashes where they, they made some plays. It's just you can't make a play and have the play negated by a stupid penalty. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff, constantly shooting yourself in the foot. You know, it, it's, it's frustrating, but I still do think the defense is slowly taking strides. Um, I do think there's been a bit of improvement. Like I said, even in the defensive backfield, um, I think there's some improvement there. But I would like to see a lot of, uh, I'd like to see a lot of young guys play. Adrian Martinez is playing quarterback for Kansas State. K-State trails Texas 14-7 late in the third quarter. Texas offense, from what I could tell, has looked pretty good up to this point. That's, yeah, first quarter. Did I say second quarter? Oh, third, I said third quarter? Oh, I meant first quarter. Sorry. 14-7 in the first quarter for a Manhattan, Kansas. Georgia ended up winning by, I think, two touchdowns over uh, Tennessee today. And LSU and Alabama are tied at zero. So we'll try to keep you uh, updated on all the scores going on across the country. But, again, more of your phone calls coming up next. And, hey, if you're so mad that you can't call us and you can't talk to us, it's like, I can't talk to those guys. I'm too pissed off right now to get on the phone. 
405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll read some of those as well. Final hour of the Home Creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show rolls on next right here on The Ref. Home Creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live on The Ref. Sooners are now 5-4 on the year after a 38-35 loss to the Baylor Bears at home. OU's second home loss of the season. Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson, we got you up until 730-405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. Live at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Back to the phone lines we go. Let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on the postgame show. What's up? So I got some I got some good news. Um, Texas A&M is a worse program than we are. They're not going to be full eligible. There's no way they're going to beat LSU. So that was, that's the best thing I saw today. Now, as it pertains um, – to the uh, the defense, I actually thought that Guaybu might have had his best game of the year, and when he got hurt and had to go out for that series, um, Canik looked totally lost, and that's the series that they just drove right down their throat. And I thought that was that was I thought he was really playing well today. Um, the other thing is like uh, Jeffrey Johnson has been like non-existent the entire year, and I and I think I saw Reggie Grimes make a tackle for the first time in like eight weeks. I mean, uh, um, the um, what do you call it? Ryan Leaf was like saying on the broadcast time and time again that uh, both Grimes and uh, Ethan Downs could not set, set the edge. They were getting influenced and were not uh, you know, playing their keys. And when they were doing those misdirections, I mean, they're just a very undisciplined uh, team. And then to cap it off, that Isaiah Coe uh, personal foul when Oquebo had that really nice play for that big loss, that was just asinine. I mean, this, that's just kind of the epitome of this team and this program at the present time. Well, yeah, I mean, that's right, Steve, all of that. And it's just so frustrating, man, because you just feel like you've got some momentum and you feel like you're doing some nice things. you got a chance to come up with a stop, and then there's a face mask penalty that gives an automatic first down. It's just this team right now is so frustrating to watch, and it's the same thing a lot of times week after week. And you're just wondering to yourself, when are these simple things going to get fixed? Because we're nine games in. This shouldn't be happening. First-year staff or not, yet here we are still talking about it. I don't think they're going to get fixed, quite frankly, this year. And yeah, um, there's no, there's no, there's no margin for error, right? You cannot. This team does not have the, uh, uh, you know, the talent, and and, and things can't go awry, or like personal fouls or holding. And the other thing is, I, I, I really can't. I can't understand why like Savion Bird can't get on the field. Nor like Jacob Sexton. Like all we hear is how great like Bird is, and like I have not been impressed with both McGuire and Conjo. Conjo like got abused a few times today. I don't. What's up with with Stadium Bird? Yeah, there's heard he was dominating. Be... Heard he was dominating mm. in this camp, right? Yeah, there, there's there's he's got a little bit of growing up to do, um, is what I've been told. Um, just some stuff that they want they want they want him. He's an emotional guy. They want him to channel that into leadership as opposed to um, distraction is what I was told. Um, So with that, you think, I mean, and that same person told me he's probably the highest draft pick on the entire offensive line. So naturally, my thought is, well, I don't don't care if he's emotional. Get him in the game. But again. Cody Ford was emotional. He got a 15-yard penalty every game. But. I will say the offensive line, Tyler, we talked about earlier, had been playing well the last few games, I thought. I think when you look at Eric Gray's success, a lot of that can be attributed to the offensive line. Now, Baylor has a really good run defense with a lot of massive bodies down there. They kind of give you a different 
challenge. But um, to your point about Aguebo, I thought that was I thought that was a really good point and uh, smart to bring up because he was playing well. To your point, Jaron had to come in, and a lot of the fan base they they think Aguebo's no good, and they think Canick should be a starter, and it just. Yeah, that, he was just okay today. He was just okay, which is fine because he's a true freshman. Like, right. it is fine. You're like, you're not ready to, you know, sell your stock on Jaron Canick because he had to come in and play one of the best run defense or run offenses in the country. But at the same time, I think it it maybe will cause some pause when you say, hey, when Aguebu, you know, a popular pinata from the fan base, um, when he goes out and you put in the most popular probably freshman player that we have and it doesn't go well you know that that doesn't really bode to hey just just throw all the freshmen out there and see what happens you know what i mean didn't, didn't brent say during didn't brent uh say earlier the year that you know canic doesn't know what he's doing he's running around out there like he had a nice game against nebraska but that was all I just feel like on uh, instinct like he does not um you know he doesn't know the defense yet and it seems like you know he's still uh, adapting and that you know against good teams you know, you can get influence and uh, be out of position. And I was that was really apparent that one drive when uh, when Blade right. went out. Um, let me ask you this: He's got incredible uh, physical out. tools. He's got incredible physical tools, yeah. and I think a lot of that. I think a lot of that Potential. makes up for some of um, yeah. some of you know the mental things. But today they didn't. So go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, I'll, I'll let you run here in a second. But like, did you think that they that Levy changed? way he called the game after the first half and all the uh, interceptions because that one drive at the end of the third quarter, they had a chance to take the lead, and they ran almost exclusively in uh, on that drive, and then on that third and three or third and four, like they just ran a simple like uh, off-tackle like a run and got this stuff. And I, I, I don't know, I, I, I sense that like you didn't you know, trust uh, uh, Dylan after the first half and maybe kind of had it more tight to the best. Now, granted, they were having success, but at some point, you got to, like, open it up and take advantage of the play action. Yeah, I agree. Hey, good to hear from you, Steve. Good phone call. Thank you. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. we got Matt. Matt, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Not much. Hey, I uh, I just felt like it, it was my uh, duty to call after listening to some of the people and then reading some of the message boards um, because I think – we all have a little boomer doomer in us, but after a loss, and if some people um, get a little alcohol in them, it it, it takes over. And, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And and they and they post on message boards and they call in um, and say some crazy stuff. So, you know, yeah, we're all we're all disappointed. I mean, this is Oklahoma. Um, you know. We, we expect 10, 11, 12 win seasons. But if you sit back and truly look at it, you know, from a realistic standpoint, you know, I heard somebody say earlier this year, and I, I got to thinking about it, and it was true when they said, you know, we were, we were five or six plays away last year from winning or from losing, you know, four or five more ball games. Which is accurate, with, highly with the accurate. Same squad, and then, and then we lose, we lose so many players to either the NFL, or you know that leave because you'll shoe left. And I mean, I think we all probably bought into the preseason hype, 
because we knew Venables would come in and change the culture, and we got all excited. But I think if you look look at it from a realistic standpoint, the, the key word is development. And, and, yeah, people are mad. Oh, my God, Brent Venables can't develop these kids. It's been, he's had them for half a year. You know, you look at you look at Aranda. You know, you talk about Baylor developing their three-star kids. Aranda's been there three years now. I, I, what, what was it? Their first year, Aranda was there. Didn't they only win two games? Two, yeah, I think they won two games that year because so no takes, non-conference games or one non-conference game. Two. Yeah, it does. I, 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 I just want to start seeing to, improvement. I think OU fans just need to, to take this year for what it is, and it's just we are. Squad was pretty much decimated after this last year, and we didn't realize exactly how much. And right now, yeah. we just don't have the dudes, and and the players that we do have, the young guys. It's going to take a little bit of time to develop them to get them playing at the level that we expect from Oklahoma. And um, I mean, that's basically all I got. I mean, I I'm just as right. as anybody. I want OU to win every single ball game, but. I got to look look at it realistically and say, you know, it's like you guys are saying. Fred Venables didn't get stupid when he came back to OU. He yeah, still knows how to coach. To your point uh, about development, you look at what Vic Beasley and was two star tight end. You look at Isaiah Simmons. You know, he was extremely low low rated guy that took time to develop, and they developed him into NFL players. And and that's the thing, you can't do it quickly, but. To your point, yeah, a lot of people hopping on the message boards, and we haven't actually had that many really like. No, I, I've heard a, I've calls. heard a lot anger. What this is way toned down compared to the other three losses. Yeah, well, and had. the thing is, it's look, we put up 500 yards offense. I mean, yeah, you get the you get the pinball um, interceptions and whatnot, but 500 yards of offense against Baylor is really good. I would argue. I mean. I would have to look through the stats and actually their game-by-game stats, but I would argue that would be one of the, I don't know, two or three most you know, yards they've given up to anybody this year. You had more first downs than them. You know, you ran the ball well. I mean, all that kind of stuff, like, it went well. Yeah, you don't want to turn the ball over, but if you don't have those turnovers, heck, we probably win by 10. We're not even talking. We're talking about the offense, yeah. how, how well it looks under Jeff Levy. That's the frustrating thing, though. Is it's like, a results-based business. Should, I get it. You should, have won the, you should have won the game today. Hey, hey, good to hear from you, Matt. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah. See you guys. 405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. I man, as we said, there's some, there's some good phone calls this segment. Yeah, no, for sure. I good callers, you know, and 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 I don't hate the ones that are very fiery, like we had after the Kansas State game or the Texas game or the TCU game. It's just this is a very much toned down version of kind of some of the earlier losses that year. I don't know what that means. I don't know if OU fans now are just kind of like, yeah, you know. We know what the season is. We're accepting this season for what it is. I don't, I don't know exactly what it means, but, um, yeah, I, there's just a whole lot of disappointment. You and I walked out of the stadium together, and you could just feel the disappointment walking out of that stadium today. There weren't people yelling and cussing like maybe some other losses this year. There was just this air of disappointment that kind of existed outside the stadium that you could feel. You but know? I think part of it, I think part of it, Tyler, is the emotional roller coaster of the season. We talked about it earlier, right? After three games – we were the highest we have been all season on this team. We were allowing 10 points per game. We had just come off blowing out Nebraska and making Casey Thompson look bad after him 
we made them look really good last year at Texas. Like, you you have that optimism, and then you go on that three-game skid, and you think, this team stinks. And then you win two games, and you're thinking, you know what? I don't even know what to expect out of this team anymore. So now the loss is just like you're almost exhausted at this point. It's like, you know, the ups and downs, it it, it wears you out. And, again, we were – we were close, and I hate to use that term, but it's true. And and last year, and this pro- this isn't popular, of course, around Norman, but Caleb Williams covered up a lot of things last year. And he's doing that at USC yeah, right Caleb now. Caleb Williams is covering up a bad, real bad defense at USC right now, but that's what transcendent quarterback play gets you. Now, when Jackson Arnold shows up, once he gets a little bit in the system and whatnot, maybe you have those opportunities, but you hope by that time, that the defense is so much better that you don't need transcendent play just to scrape by teams. Here, here's where I think it sits today. You're, you're five and four. Now, you got two games coming up that if you want to have any signs pointing forward of you're getting better as a program or progression or whatever, I'm sorry, but you've got to beat West Virginia and you've got to beat Oklahoma State. West Virginia got handled by Iowa State, the same Iowa State team that we saw last week. I understand the games in Morgantown. You've got to beat West Virginia, man, and you've got to beat Oklahoma State. Those are two incredibly winnable games, and not that Texas Tech isn't, but West Virginia and Oklahoma State are so gettable. You can't go out there, man. You can't go out there and lose to a team like that. You cannot. I know, And I know that Baylor team lost to West Virginia earlier this year, but currently what those two teams look like, no excuses to lose those two games, but yeah, when it comes down to when it comes down to OSU, it'll it'll be if Spencer Sanders is out for the season. They, I mean, they're they're a completely different football team when Spencer Sanders is healthy. So, you know, it, it depends on that. So we'll have to wait and see. I still do think, obviously, you need to win that game at home. You know, last game of the year. You've got some massive recruits in town that weekend. That should be that should be the biggest crowd advantage game. Tyler, we talked about it in the game. There were times where I, I looked at you and said, man, this is, I expect this crowd to just be going bananas right now on third down, and it, you could hear a pin drop. It got loud late, but was it loud just because, did it feel loud just because it had been so quiet yeah. up to that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't deafening like it should have been with that game, like how much was on the line, that bit, yeah. No, I totally agree well, with you. Well, Roy, Roy Williams is in the house. Yeah. I you think know, Joss Lodalo got the loudest cheer. Yeah, like, Oklahoma State losing may have got the loudest cheer. Of the right, day exactly. So. so I don't know. It was kind. Of, it was kind of interesting. We we have to. I think. I think as a fan base, we have to understand that we can impact a game. You look at some of the other teams that cause the pre-snap penalties because they can't hear things like that. I think switching from a maybe a, I don't know a spectator to a participant. In, in the uh, in the situation might might be in the future. 405-329-9000. we got a couple segments remaining. Jay, I see you. We'll get you coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. It is the home creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. Home creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live from Yo Pablo on Kansas Corner. As Texas is putting it on Kansas State in the first half, Texas leads 21-10. And... I uh, gave Quinn Ewers a lot of crap after that loss to Oklahoma State, but so far, Quinn Ewers playing uh, playing pretty well in Manhattan, Kansas. To the phone lines we go, 405-329-9000. we got a couple spots open if you want to sneak in. Let's go to Jay. Jay, you're on the postgame show. What's up? All right, I just got uh, several things I want to touch on real quick. Um, yeah. Part of it has to part of it has to do that with all the uh, 
the, the stuff we heard at the beginning of the season and, and when or, or before the season started about all these players that were going to be um, for sure paying all these dividends for us, like Ethan Downs, and um, which I'm not even sure. Um, I, I'm not even sure he made a tackle today. Um, and all these other uh, things that were going to pay big dividends, like uh, Jerry Schmidt, he's coming in and his workouts are so hard and they're going to be dominant. And, you know, we hire a guy like Ted Roof, um, you know, on the staff. What, what exactly, what benefit or positive have we gotten out of the two people that I just mentioned on the coaching staff and the strength and conditioning coach? Um, hey, Jay, it's a fair I, I question. Also, it, it, it's a really fair also, question because, I mean, there's no evidence of it, but we saw it today, right? Like, who looked like the more in-shape football team and the more physical football team when it really mattered? It was, it well, was Baylor, before right? The season, it, yeah, it, before the season, it was a big funny joke about how hard Jerry Schmidt's workouts were and everybody was going to be throwing up and sore and it was just going to pay huge dividends. Well, guess what? Other other schools have strength and conditioning coaches too. Yep. Other schools other schools can develop players. Um, and I think the fact that we can't even expect mediocrity on defense is an absolute joke. Um there is no excuse for us being a tenth in the Big Twelve Conference and rushing. I agree. Why can't we? Why can't we accept seven? In the, I mean, it's it's just laughable. Um, this is OU. It's not. It's not Vanderbilt. It's not uh, Rutgers. It's not a lower tier Power Five school we're at, and yet it's feast or famine for this this team right now. And it's pretty apparent that this team has gotten far worse, that there's very few players, if any, on this team that have gotten better as the season has gone on. And I think that falls back on the coaches. And I want to take people back about, about, oh, about 12 to 14 years ago when, when Brent Venables was here the last time. And if they think about it, we were having the same types of problems on defense, which I can remember people saying that they were going to have to dumb the defense down and make it more simpler because it was too complex for the players we had to understand it. So I just I just want to know what the hell's going on. I mean, well, there's no excuse, no excuse for the way that they're playing, no excuse for the way that they just look completely inept on defense nine games into the season where you can't even do basic things like peel off an edge on a sweep. Or, or, or a wide run. Um, it's just laughable to me. Why, why hey, can't we it, 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 I, I, I don't know. Jay, I, I wish we knew. I mean, it, it's so highly frustrating. Um, even on a fourth and seven. Like, Baylor went for it on a fourth and seven at around the 35, and they just ran yeah. a simple slant pattern. Not, nothing too what complex, about, right? What a simple slant pattern, and, they completed. Fourth and three at the end of the game, they let the guy, basically, he could have scored a touchdown. I mean, yep. from 60 yards out. I just, I don't get it. Um, it makes no sense to me. I think it's poor coaching. Uh, it's the fact that they've gotten progressively worse. The last two weeks was, was nothing but smoke and mirrors. That's all it was. It's obvious they've made no improvement. The only well, reason I, I, they looked decent on defense last week is because Iowa State is inept on offense. Period. I will say, 
I will say that Jaleel Farouk has gotten a lot better this year. Eric Gray's gotten a lot better. Mostly, I think, Eric Gray because of added physicality, some more patience, and Ethan Downs had five tackles yeah, today. I'll but, again, to, wasn't. I'll give that to Gray. But outside of one, or, that's what we're going to do is we're going to be satisfied with uh, our I'm not saying we're satisfied. We have, we have two players, two players that have improved this season. No, I I'm mean, not saying I'm – I'm not saying we should be satisfied. I'm saying that you can't say Ethan Downs had zero tackles and nobody's improved when he had five tackles and more more, more than a couple people have improved. But I do agree with your overall arching point, which is they're not improving to the level they need to improve at to play defense at the University of Oklahoma at the level that we should be playing defense at the University of Oklahoma, which I think is your point, right? Well, that's part of it. How do you explain we only have three sacks in conference? Three. Three yeah, it. we don't we don't generate a lot no, of pressure. You know, Iowa State doesn't generate no. much pressure either, and they're they're probably the best team in the Big Twelve. I don't know. I really yeah, don't. Well, I I take, trust me, I if I knew the answers, they'd be hiring me instead of Brent Venables. Yeah, well, I take their defense a thousand times over before I I take the defense we have. I mean, yep, and that's the oh, thing. Oh, of course, yeah, I'm, of course, of course. Asking. I would take last year's defense at this point. No, I agree. This year. Yeah, I don't think anybody's saying they'd rather have our defense than Iowa State's. That would be that would be a person that's on drugs. I'm not asking for perfection. I'm asking for mediocrity. And when they they went for it for, on fourth and one on their own side of the field at like their own 29 or whatever it was, the defense just laid down after that. Yep. I mean, it was a they joke. can't handle adversity, Jay. Like it, you know. You come out, and they're hyped up, and if they pick up that first third down, I'm saying to myself, they're going to score a touchdown on this drive. Yeah, you know, they, they can't, handle, they can't they rally it. back after giving up a big play or a first down and come up with a stop. It's, it's They just ran it down our throat. Ran it down yeah. our throat. And the last thing I have is the caller that was on before me, spare me your lectures and on all that stuff. You can give me any excuse you want, but there is no excuse. We have a new coaching staff. I don't care. So does TCU. They have a new coaching staff. They're, they're undefeated and in the top ten. And that's TCU. Okay? I mean, spare me all this first-year coaching bullcrap and get the dead weight off the staff that are not paying any dividends. they got to get off the staff. Agreed. They're not helping. Hey, yeah. Hey, appreciate it, Jay. Bye. 405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. Let's, uh, let's, let's get BFC in here quickly before we hit a break. BFC. You're on the post-game show. What's up? Hey, give Schmitty a break, man. Miss Summit throws up and gets sore five to seven times a week, and she can't play tackle football. So that's throwing up. Throwing <laughs> well, they should have tried her today, Bob. They, how know. do you know? They should have put her out there on third down. Hey, Tyler, you know I love you, man. I'd forgotten that you knew how to take uh, live phone calls uh, here on Sports yes. Text 1400. So I, I, I yes. thank you, man. I, Appreciate I that, Bob. You. Appreciate hey, that. You bet, buddy. Hey, did you see how fat the Baylor cheerleaders were? We need their triceps on our defensive line. Did you see those chicks? Holy cow. Look, I was on the opposite girls. side of the stadium. I, I did not. No, I was watching a whole lot of third down and fourth down conversions today, unfortunately. Yeah, so was I. Hey, so I am hearing a lot of overly positive John Blake-esque phone calls t- tonight. And, uh, man, this these, these positive phone calls, you think they're going, they would fly in SEC and Auburn and Alabama? I mean, I am hearing a little bit too much of uh, let's join the Sooner Club tonight. And uh, I would like to hear a little bit more cursing on air. And, yeah. uh, you know, I really would. And 
we need to focus. We're not having enough arrest on the tackle football team this year. If you notice that, that's one thing we need. We're a little bit, we're a little bit too evangelical this season. Maybe that's the problem. What do you think? Maybe, maybe we need to focus more on the soul mission. A, a little bit more arrest, kind of even things out a little bit. Tyler, I will they, take they, this on the air. What do you think? They got to, they got to develop some nasty, Bob. You know, like I, know. I, I don't see a lot of mean, just tough. Guys on that defense, like, I, I don't know, man. I don't see him play that way. I don't see him act that way. That's, that's why I want to see, I want to see Savion Bird take that left guard spot because yeah. you have it in Chris Murray on the right side. Chris Murray, he's got a little short arms for for you know NFL prospects, right? But one thing that guy isn't short on is attitude. He's got the right offensive lineman attitude. He finishes blocks heavy. He he's got that sort of. If you put Savion on the other side. I mean, you I, just roll the dice and say, you I know just, what, you might get a penalty every once in a while, but put them out there. I just want to see some confidence, man. Yeah. Some confidence, some tough, some that. They, they gotta, they gotta develop that. I don't know. They, they gotta develop a lot of things, Bob. I think we can hey, all see I, that. They got a I long do. Way to go. I, I do like that last caller. I think he has a shot in a couple of years to become a semi-professional radio caller. But you know, yeah. and, and Baylor does look like they do squats. But, hey, some of these assistants, and I, I'm a huge Brent fan, man. I am a huge Brent fan. I, I hope that he didn't make a mistake on some of these assistant coaches because, really, with the exception of the dude that runs the offense with the neck beard, we'd never heard of any of these cats that he brought in. You know what I'm saying? We'd really never heard of any of them. And so I hope he didn't yeah. hire a lot of young cats and he brought these guys in and he made a mistake on that. But, I mean, we can't go blind and 100% trust him now at this point. I love Brent, and uh, I, I still think he's the guy for the job. But I think he's going to have to ask some of these assistant uh, PE coaches that he has. What do you think? Sure. No, I, I – that we had heard of Todd Bates. He was like the recruiter of the year three years ago. Yeah, he's he did a great some nice recruiter. You're right. Yeah, but like Miguel Chavis, that's kind of a guy that you're talking about. This is his first chance. It's almost like Brent Venables hired himself because he got his first chance with Brent or with Bill Snyder those years ago. I I, I mean I I don't think that they're going to get rid of anybody at the end of the year. But sure, some of these other guys, these position coaches, Miguel Chavis included, who coaches the defensive ends got to start getting more production out of their position groups for sure dude I'll, right we talked about, we talked about the uh, containing the edges right one thing we couldn't do today as we kept on getting gashed up the sideline was we couldn't contain on that on that left side and right. whose job is that who's coaching that position Miguel Chavis it, it's, hey, it's put, as simple as that you know I'll put those Baylor cheerleaders up against anyone at the eating contest guys great show love you the lord from the trailer in cement i am bob from cement it's time for me to fly well there you go all right we got one final segment coming up next k-state and texas so texas had a fourth and one they handed it to roshan johnson and he got an easy first down he had a big game i thought he was going to score but you could see it from about 10 yards back one of kansas state's defensive backs just comes in Boom, punches the ball out from behind. Kansas State recovers. That could be a huge momentum swing in this game. K-State trying to get back in this thing down a couple scores. We'll uh, run down a scoreboard update for you one final time when we come back. But we, uh, we're we here at Yo Pablo right here on Campus Corner. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson back one final time. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Final segment of our home creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. Texas is rolling in the Little Apple. Bijan Robinson just broke off a massive run. What were you just telling me? How many yards he's had in the first half? He's got about 150. Jeez. Already. 
And, sure. th- and that's the thing. Texas, once Texas figured out that their offense should run through their best player, Bijan <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> Took him long enough. And not, and not have, you know, Quinn throw 49 times a game. Once they figure that out, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. But yeah. they couldn't get over the fact that Bijan was their best player. It was weird. Horns are up 21-10. Uh, they got a third and goal coming up. Still in the second quarter in Manhattan. LSU's up on Alabama. Seven to three, four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Notre Dame over fourth rate Clemson, seven to nothing. Ten minutes left in the second quarter. Mississippi State all over Cadillac Williams and the Auburn Tigers, 17 nothing. That game is early in the second quarter. But let's close it out tonight with a guy that always promotes the ref, which I really, really appreciate. We got Jim in Arlington on hold. Jim, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Hey, guys. I, just, I was at the game. I stayed till the final second off. Of course, we didn't have any timeouts, so it didn't matter. But uh, I just can't help but think, you know, 10 points were off turnovers. Am I right? In uh, and, and, and the first half, even. Yeah, you had a field goal uh, off an yeah. interception. You had a touchdown off an interception. Have you all pointed that out? I mean, I, I'm all no, for somebody having No, I think that's right. Yeah, there was a touchdown and a field goal off two interceptions. Hey, and you know, and you know what, Jim? Like, I, I think that's right. And what did you do yeah. with the one turnover you got? You threw an interception right back to him a few plays later, right. if I remember correctly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I just can't. I know people say, "Hey, you know, this guy's got more experience. He's played forever." All I'm saying is, next season, there's nothing inherited at, at any position, especially quarterback. You got to earn it. This preseason anointing. Uh, saying a guy's quarterback without a competition. You can't do that. Not to mention, you've got to have a backup. Because if you don't have a backup, you're just saying, hey, everything's cool. I'm always going to start. You're never going to get motivated to do better. Do you guys agree? I mean, don't you agree? I mean, uh, do they need more when depth, the Jim? Yes, I definitely agree with that, 100%. The, like, the thing that they not need the most is depth. a quarterback breathing down somebody's neck to light their pants on fire. I'm sorry. And yeah, I, 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 def- I definitely think that they mishandled the – I think if I think if they could have it back, they would. Uh, recruiting specifically to QB two, right? Like you have right. Jackson Dart on campus, you have Casey Thompson, you have Bohannon, you have all these guys saying, "Hey, if you want to come here and check out the campus to be QB two, come on." Like it wasn't a, "Hey, if you want to come here and start or compete to start," it was it was beyond a shadow of a doubt that we had Dylan. And and what what does that get you? It gets you Davis Bevel showing up. You know, in fall camp, yep. and right. and that's and that's the best you got, and and it's tough, especially and all three of those guys I mentioned that we were trying to recruit to be QB two, they're all starters, you know, in in across the country, they're all starting. Um, yeah. So when it comes to that, you're like, you know, and and we knew with Dylan's injury history that you would have to, and I don't want to, you know, just talk about a conversation that really belongs to the Texas game, but you you know that. You know that he's got an injury history. You need to build depth at that position. You know, some right. injuries to Nick Evers in the spring. Um, and then, you know, Bevel getting here late. Like, it just didn't really – it just never really meshed. And they were trying to get everybody fast-tracked as much as possible. And, you know, developing QB2, I guess, wasn't on their list, unfortunately. Right. I mean, uh, don't you think they should at least go transfer portal then? If you're not going to start a freshman out of high school – a five stars, but no, that still doesn't mean you're going to start. Look at the transfer portal. Get somebody who's on up and experienced then. I mean, you cannot keep anointing somebody just because they played for a, your OC back in the day. If it's not working, it's not working, you know. We, I, I we, do we, think. We can't wait. 
I do think we had 500 yards today. Um, going into this I game, we're total offense. We would rank, but we would recruit. Um, what I'm saying is, when Dylan's yeah. been healthy, we have a top five offense. So I don't think it, I do think, like I said, I agree that they should have handled it differently to build depth in that room. But I think next year, you got Jackson and Nick Evers fighting for QB two. Dylan's your starter, and then you see what happens if if he happens to have another concussion or anything like that. Like you, you have to you carry. You definitely got to have. You definitely got to have somebody breathing down his neck. This annoying. Well, that's what I'm saying, and I do think about. that I do think Nick and Jackson are talented enough to do that. And I think if one of them gets in the game, you need to at least have a situation where you can run the offense. Right. It needs to be where you start throwing picks in crucial parts of the game. Throwing picks is bad anyway. I'm sorry. You sit and let the next guy have a chance. You do it with all these other positions. It should be the same thing. Anointing is not is not right. You got to give other people a chance. And not having anybody in that room behind you this year, it, you know, there's nothing you can do. That's what we tell the people sitting next to me. Well, there's not much you can do. You know, there's somebody behind him, so let, let him play. So that's all I'm saying is there were some crucial interceptions. You take 10 points off the board, you might have had a different ball game. Sure. I mean, your good hey. poor defense did the best they could, but when they're when they're having to defend the short end of the field, that, that's not going to work with this defense. So, anyway. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Jim. Good to hear right, from you, man. Thanks. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean – Defense couldn't get off the field when they needed to, and I, I definitely think it's fair to be critical of the offense. Again, I know that you can't – it doesn't necessarily exactly work that way, but you lost by three points, and if you don't have one player making two – or having two critical penalties on the final play of the first half or the final offensive play of the first half, I guess. Right. Zach Schmidt probably makes that field goal, and there's your three points right there. And, so. and again, we talk about the other side. If you don't have – a ripped helmet off of an offensive lineman after David Guebu makes know, the play know, of his man. season, and now you've got third and 13, and maybe you trade touchdown for field goal there, or you know they go for it on fourth down, maybe you stop them. You know what I mean? Like, little stuff like that. And you know what? We didn't see any of that from Baylor. Texas just got a pick, by the way. They added a field goal. They're up 24-10. Adrian Martinez just throws an interception, so Texas is going to have it inside the 30-yard line up 14. So... If you wanted your night to be worse, well, flip it over to FS1 and watch Texas handle Kansas State and Manhattan. Texas is probably about to have a six-game winning streak over the K-State Wildcats. OU, on the other hand, it's so weird, isn't it? Seems like they lose. I mean, they can't beat Kansas regularly. So, yeah, before this five-year run, they hadn't won in Manhattan since, like, 2002. They had, like, a four- or five-game losing streak out there. Now they're on a heater against K-State. OU, on the other hand, not so much. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for us. That'll do it for us on the home creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. Sooners fall to 5-4 and four on the year. Appreciate Yo Pablo on Campus Corner being our spot for a home post-game shows. Appreciate all the calls, all the texts, all the interactions throughout these past two hours. For Connor Pasby, for Travis Davidson, I'm Tyler McComas. We'll talk to you on Monday right here on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans.